hey ghoul friend it's me adrian or aiden either way i am still your host and you are still listening to susto the podcast of ooky spooky scary stories welcome back thank you for being here and if this is your first time welcome thank you for joining us y'all we are in full swing of spooky season and i am so happy my heart could not be fuller my house could not be spookier if you haven't seen i recently shared the official susto 31 nights of frights movie list and i see these lists every year and I'm like, yeah, these are cool. These are great. I always love them. And so finally, I said, why don't I just make my own? And again, these are my personal picks. I actually sat down and I thought, okay, which movies would I watch throughout the month of October? Some of these are movies that I have watched over and over again. Death Becomes Her is on there. And that's one of my favorite movies ever. And uh, the list is in no particular order. As I was writing them, they felt like they had a good flow. You don't have to watch them in that order either. If you choose to follow along with that list, those are just kind of like these are the 31 movies that came to mind and I will say some of those are franchises like Scream for example I could not choose which one to put on the list and I didn't want to put more than one so that I could save space for other really great movies that were outside of that universe so I just put Scream and honestly you could pick anyone from that lineup or you can do all of them and others may not be movies that other people would consider spooky or scary they might be campy or cutesy and that's fine like Halloween Town Hocus Pocus but those are still classic Halloween season, spooky season movies that I always watch every year. So with that being said, you can see that list on any of the social medias. That's at Sustal Podcast. And I should be posting it on my website if I haven't yet. That's sustalpodcast.com. That's also where you can submit your own scary stories along with sending a DM to any of the social medias or sending it through an email to sustalpodcast at gmail.com or leaving a five-star review wherever you listen if you are able to do so. And as always, tapping away at those buttons, like, follow, subscribe, rate review whatever you can do on your podcast platform is the easiest way to support the show and I am eternally grateful for it aside from that I do have some more in-person events that are happening in the next few weeks and you can find out how to attend those by following along on social media again at Susto podcast some of these are tabling some of these are speaking events some of them are both so just make sure to follow along on social media and you can get all the details about anywhere that Susto is going to be very last thing as I've mentioned a couple times before If you see of an event or an organization that you would like Susto to be present at or work with, please tag me in their posts, send their information to me, send my information to them. I am trying really hard to get Susto out in the real world and get some face-to-face time with my ghoul friends IRL. It's been so much fun to do all these other events. The San Antonio Paranormal Podcast Festival, which was about two weeks ago, was so fun. It was so great. Huge shout out to the organizers from Curious Twins and to everybody else that was there. It was such a fun time and it's such an interesting place to go visit. Whether you are a fan of the paranormal or of history, it has everything. Make sure to go check it out. Victoria's Black Swan Inn and follow Curious Twins Paranormal at CuriousTwins.com and across all their social medias. With that being said, we're going to go ahead and jump into today's story, which is the story of the Wekufe. Joaquin had always been an unassuming figure in the bustling streets of Santiago, Chile. With his unremarkable appearance and a demeanor that blended seamlessly into the crowd, no one would have suspected that fate had chosen him for a dark and perilous journey. 
One moonless night, Joaquin chose to walk through an alleyway he'd never seen in Santiago's historic district. A chill wind whispered through the narrow streets, and the scent of burnt herbs lingered in the air. Strange symbols were etched onto the cobblestone walls, and Joaquin, a curious soul, couldn't resist the urge to investigate further. Hidden amidst the darkest part of the alley, he stumbled upon a peculiar scene, a cloaked figure shrouded in darkness, chanting incantations that seemed to materialize into black smoke. Before Joaquin could react, the smoke took form. The cloaked figure had summoned a Wekufe, a malevolent spirit from Mapuche folklore, a being that thrived on darkness and chaos. The Wekufe, a twisted and grotesque demon, emerged from the inky abyss of smoke and shadow, its eyes glowing with an eerie green light, and its elongated fingers reaching out like tendrils. A feeling of static in the air surrounded him. Joaquin, suddenly driven by an unknown desire for power that eclipsed his senses, stepped forward and offered himself to the Wekufe. In a moment of desperate temptation, Joaquin entered into an unholy pact. The static in the air flowed into his body through his fingertips. Power coursed through his veins, dark and intoxicating. He felt invincible, no longer the unnoticed man he once was. Days turned into weeks, and Joaquin's transformation into a Galku continued. He discovered his newfound abilities allowed him to manipulate the world around him with a mere thought. He could inflict pain and suffering upon his enemies, and his desires manifested effortlessly. However, as the days passed, the cost of this unholy alliance became increasingly clear. The Wekufe had attached itself to Joaquin's soul and demanded sacrifices. Joaquin's conscience eroded with each act of malevolence. The once moral man found himself reveling in the misery he inflicted his soul slipping further into darkness. Haunted by his own actions, Joaquin sought answers in the little he could find online about Mapuche folklore. There, he learned of the moral code that had governed the Kalku for generations, a code rooted in balance and restraint. It was clear he had forsaken these principles, and the Wefuka's influence over him grew stronger with each transgression. Driven by remorse, and a desperate desire for redemption, Joaquin embarked on a perilous journey to confront the Wefuke once more. He knew that breaking the unholy pact would come at a great price, but he was willing to pay any cost to free himself from the grip of darkness. Under the cover of night, Joaquin returned to the same alleyway where his descent into darkness began. The cloaked figure and the Wefuke awaited him, smug looks on their faces. But Joaquin had a weapon they did not anticipate, a flicker of the humanity that remained within him. With every ounce of his remaining strength, Joaquin began a ritual and chanted what he'd learned. The ancient spirit shrieked in agony as it was untethered from Joaquin's soul, like ripping a stitch open. Joaquin had rid himself of the role of a Kalku and the Wefuke, but he knew that the memories of his actions would haunt him forever. In the end, he had chosen the path of redemption over power, understanding the true cost of unchecked ambition, but the price was already paid in full. Joaquin collapsed to the ground, 
battered by the ordeal, and as dawn broke over Santiago, the cloaked figure and the Wefuke were gone, leaving no trace, no sigils on the walls, no incense in the air. As Joaquin lay in the alley, the light blurring into a bright orange haze, he realized he acted too late, and that this would be the last sunrise he'd ever see. Welcome back, ghoul friends. And as a reminder, if you are a best ghoul friend on Patreon, then you can watch this part of the episode on video on patreon.com slash sustopodcast. Feel free to go check that out and see if any of that works for you. But before we get into anything, I do want to point out that this episode or this story, it reminded me of the episode that I did about the Mano Peluda and the and Josue Velasquez, I think was his name. If you're not familiar, you can go back and listen to that episode. It's available on sustopodcast.com or wherever you're listening now. And the story essentially is, and this was based on a true story, the Mano Peluda was a real radio program that people called into and shared their spooky stories, which sounds like a dream to run or to be a part of. And this guy, Josue, was calling in and saying that he had entered a deal or a relationship or what have you with a demon and that it was getting to be too much. And the more he called into this radio program, because he called multiple times, the more intense the phone calls got and the more intense the relationship got. It's a very interesting episode and it reminded me of this. And I'm wondering, did he enter a pact with a Wefuke, whatever demon Josue seemed to be working with? And from what I know, most demons do that in a possession. It just attached him, but there was this exchange of power and ability, right, that Josue had that was very familiar to this story. So I think that's a perfect segue into talking about our first source. And again, all the links, the direct links will be on Susto Google Docs on Patreon. This is from wikiwand.com and it's their entry on Wefukes. I'm just going to give the quick rundown on what uh, the Wefuke is. This says the Wefuke, also known as, and it has a bunch of different spellings on here, is a type of harmful spirit or demon in Mapuche mythology. The word Wefuke comes from the Mapudungun word Wekufu, meaning demon, outside being. And the concept is that in the Mapuche language, the word Wefuke can be attributed to any person that tells lies or is deceptive. And it was only after the arrival of Catholicism when the Mapuche people had gained the concept of evil that the word became associated with demons. So it's so, and I just had this question asked of me about what I thought of the influence of colonization on different lands and indigenous cultures and how that's changed the stories. So that it's interesting that the word Wefuke existed in the Mapuche language and it meant, you know, just a person that was bad. And then in comes the influence of Catholicism and it all of a sudden took on a new, literally a new life. So this continues, since that time, the idea behind Wefuke has broadened to include multiple meanings, either as a subject, quality, or agent, depending on the speaker's reference point or the situation that it is used in. The word is generally used as a generic name in order to describe creatures from Mapuche mythology that usually have harmful intentions towards human beings. These beings can have solid material bodies, ghost-like bodies, or be extracorporeal, extracorporeal, 
extracorporeal, I have such a hard time with that word, spirit-like entities. They project from or originate in the Wefuka's energy, which is characterized by its propensity to disturb and or destroy the balance of the world's natural order, which is mentioned in the story, and we'll talk about that a little bit more right now. In this way, they cause illness, destruction, death, and other calamities amongst the Mapuche. Wefukes are often incorrectly likened to beings with similar characteristics, such as the Gualichos or the demons of Greek or other mythologies. The missionaries who followed the Spanish conquistadors to America interpreted the Mapuche beliefs regarding both Wefukes and Gualichos in the context of their own religion. They used the word Wefuke as a synonym for the devil, demons, and other evil or diabolical forces, which is why I love doing these episodes and doing this show is this part of uncovering how words and their meanings have changed over time and over the influence of you know history you know what just what happened to these people to dive more and this is a really great entry they did an excellent job putting this stuff together to dive more into it we we talk about how the character of joaquin transforms or becomes a calcu in the story after entering the pact with uh with the wefuke and so just to give a breakdown of that the mapuche believe that many wekufes allow themselves to be manipulated by calcus which are mapuche sorcerers equivalent to witches or wizards who work with black magic who use them as a mystic medium for obtaining power the wekufes allow the calcus to use them to cause illness or death of certain chosen people it is said that a powerful calcu will inherit a Wefuka spirit from an ancestor who was also a Kalku. However, in order to be able to use a Wekufe, a Kalku must voluntarily become the servant of the Wekufe. Just to be really clear about that, I kind of also introduced the idea of a Kalku into this story. And a Kalku and a Wekufe are, they're two different things. The Wekufe is this entity or this demon or what have you and a kalku is a person who does according to this black magic or who does bad things with magic it just so happens that when you work with magic that way that you are a kalku and you are able to if you choose work with a wekufe if that makes sense. Anybody, any questions? Raise your hands. So then this continues. In order to use a wekufe to make someone ill, a kalku must introduce the wekufe into the body of the victim. This is generally achieved by using a small fragment of wood or straw, a part of a lizard's body, or directly through an attack by ghost-like forms or disembodied spirits that direct the disruptive wekufe energy towards the victim. So it's either of something physical putting something on that body instead of taking something from it or by launching literal just spiritual warfare right this continues with a section called relationship with the dead it's a short one and it says the wekufe also have the power to capture and enslave the biu this could also be pronounced bilu it's p-i-double-l-u which is a spirit of the recently deceased that is reluctant to leave its body before it transforms into an alwe a-l-w-e which is a more mature spirit. A Kalku can also take advantage of this power by using a Wekufe as a means for trapping a Biu or Bilu. Once it is trapped, a Bilu can also be used to hurt other people. So by working with the Wekufe, the Kalku or this witch or sorcerer can use the the Wekufe's power to basically recruit this young spirit this recently passed spirit into like i guess their gang their gang of their gang of ghosts their ghost gang their ghoul gang what have you i'm just i'm seeing hashtags pouring out right now about this but it seems like that like they can take advantage of these 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 green spirits these young spirits and use them to do 
other bad things. And I'm going to skip down to a portion of this that's called protection and healing. It says, in the Mapuche tradition, a person who has a wekufe in their body is called, I'm looking this word up to see if I can figure out how to pronounce it. Well, I really cannot find anything online about how to pronounce this word. I'm throwing it up on the screen for the video. I'm going to do my best, but it looks like, and it's not here phonetically either, It's it looks like it's pronounced Galu leluk len, or to be in the body. So again, in the Mapuche tradition, a person who has a wekufe in their body is called this word, or quote, to be in the body, in the sacred secret language of the Machi. The Machitun ceremony must be performed in order to release the wekufe, again, to kind of untether it from this person and their soul. As long as the Mapuche people obey the Admapu, which is kind of like a set of ethics that Garkus are supposed to follow or just that in general the Mapuche people are supposed to abide by and it's referenced in the story when Joaquin wants to release himself from the the Wekufe that he's doing this research and he finds out that there there are these code of ethics that you're supposed to follow and that he obviously broke them and that kind of throws that balance off so again this says that as long as the Mapuche people obey those laws and perform the the guiatun ceremony then the spirits will continue to keep the wekufe under control like other good spirits equally in order to identify and gain protection from a galku that may be using a wekufe one should be cautious of people wearing black as this is the only color worn by Galkus. Okay, the Galkus are darks. Maybe my mom was right and she don't want me shopping at Hot Topic because she knew I was going to turn into a Galku if I did <laughs> or be mistaken for one. Uh, that's so interesting that that detail of that they only wear black they're goths or whatever gosh again this is such a really good entry right here i do want to mention there's there's a there's a portion in this that was it was really difficult for me to understand and i'm trying i've been reading it over and over again but it's about the actual worldview of mapuche people and i'm going to try and read through it it might not make sense because i'm i mean i'm having trouble understanding it so we'll work through this together it says mapuche legends say that wikufis come from minchin mapu which is located to the the west beyond Mapu or the Mapuche word for land. These beings originated from the forces of energies that disturb and or destroy the world's natural order. Unlike other living beings or spirits that possess their own soul, Wakufis are soulless. Just to rephrase that in a way that I think I understand is that Wakufis are born out of bad vibes. Essentially, is that that's what that sounds like me when when there is a disturbance or a destruction in the world's natural order, whatever that may be that a wakufa is born out of that. So I mean, that's what I'm going to start saying when I'm around someone that has a really bad vibe or really bad energy be like that person is they're they're birthing wakufas, they're mothering, <laughs> all these wakufas are their sons, or what have you. So that that's very interesting. And this also talks about kind of like the there's a picture of it, I'm going to throw this up for the video, and I'll post it on the socials about like how their worldview is segmented. Again, I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around it. But this continues wakufas entered the mapu world as a consequence of the mythical battle amongst the bilans spirits. It's P-I-L-L-A-N. And I think it's pronounced Bilan. I don't think it's the same double L Y sound as in Spanish that I know. Anyway, that they entered the world as a consequence of a battle amongst these spirits, which resulted in the breaking of the, again, Admapu, which is their system of rules that define Mapuche behavior. And again, the system of rules that were broken in that story. Okay, so this says that it resulted in the breaking of the Admapu um, and the destruction of the perfect harmony of the Wenumapu, or the world of goodness. 
This battle also disrupted the land of Minchenmapu, allowing the Wekufes and the Laftraches, which had previously been confined there, to escape and roam the Mapu and live in the Magmapu, or the world of evil, to the west of Mapu. You see how I'm saying I was like, I'm kind of getting lost here. I need a roadmap. This finishes off the best known of the Wekufes are Trelke Wekufe, or also known as El Cuero or Cowhide, and Canilo or Canillo, both of which are powerful Wekufes with the ability to change into solid form. So this seems like they can take like a physical body. And I want to read about them. So I'm going to go ahead and search this first one. Trelke Wekufe. Oh, interesting. This is... I just found a song called Trelke Wekufe from a Profundidad Abismal. Um, I'm assuming, let's listen to this. Okay, I'm not gonna lie. I really liked that, but it also really it scared me a little bit. <laughs> I think just because I'm talking about this and I listened to that, so it scared me. Wow, that was really cool. I'm definitely putting this that link to this song in uh in the the Susto Google Docs, but that's not what I was looking for. I'm not finding much about this creature. Let's see. Also from Wikiwand, Leather Legend. Okay. I found something. Leather legend, mythological aquatic creature from Chile and Argentina. This says, this mystical being would be a cow hide or various animal hides, which would transform into, into a serpentine creature. Then it transformed into a flying snake. At the edge of its body, it would have appendages similar to claws or sharp thorns like hooks. On one end of its body, where it is believed that the area that would correspond to its head would be, two tentacle-like appendages would protrude that would end in a pair of protruding reddish eyes. Okay, so this is this is like a whole, like, this creature, I guess, has a reputation. But there's other, the second one, the Canilo, I'm assuming it's the same thing. It also has its own reputation. Canilo is a type of negative and destructive force present in nature and therefore in man himself. Oh, it's like a, it's a state of being, maybe? Uh, that is why Canilo is associated with the concept of Wekufe, which means the forces of imbalance destructive existing in nature, mainly located to the west. The strength of the Canilo comes from the area of the volcanoes. This force of nature is represented in a possessed child who would grow and stretch his body until he became giant. So these are just two, I guess, Wekufes that took on a larger life or a larger form. Well, that one source already was so much. So of course, there is the regular Wikipedia, which I think the, the wiki wants says that it took from the Wikipedia or borrowed. Yeah, it has all of the same information. Okay, this next source is from a blog.xlibris.com. And this is just about folklore from around the world, specifically Latin American folklore. And this, this says a lot of the same thing, but this section is different. It says, interestingly, Wekufe have a variety of roles within Mapuche folklore, ranging from tormentors, which we know, to healers. The role a Wekufe plays is dependent on the manner of being it interacts with, and its relationship with said being. Most commonly, the Wekufe is known for being a servant to a Kalku, a Mapuche black magic user. A Kalku may command the Wekufe to inflict a target person with disease or death, a task the Wekufe is more than eager to carry out. At the will of a Kalku, the Wekufe may enslave the soul of the recently dead, which can be used to assault and torment others. 
According to folklore, Wakufe have also been said to serve the greater spirits. If a human has broken the rules or taboos as laid out by these greater spirits, which is the Admapu as we talked about earlier, a Wakufe would be allowed to torment that human by the greater spirits. The more I read about this, the more it sounds like the experience that Josue Velasquez had with whatever demon when he called into the Mano Peluda. So interesting to make this connection now. I'm, and I'm surprised by this detail that the Wekufe is not just, yes, it's eager and it wants to be bad, but it's more influenced by whichever Kalku it's being used by or working with. So again, and it always comes back to this, that the magic is neither good nor bad or white nor black. It depends on the user, but it really comes down to that almost always, is magic is not good or bad, brujeria is not inherently good or evil. It just comes down to each person and what they're using it for, what they feel they need to use it for, or what have you. So again, surprising that the Wikufa can also be used for good or to heal. And the last thing I want to talk about is that there are movies about this. There's a movie, this is from 2016, it's called Wekufe, surprise, and it's the synopsis on IMDb says, a student travels with her boyfriend to Chiloé, a a remote Patagonia island in southern Chile, to investigate the link that exists between the high number of sexually related crimes and the myths and legends that surround the mysterious place. It looks like it's a found footage kind of thing. I want to say there are other ones... This is from Dread Central. I think it's the same one. Wekufe, The Origin of Evil, which is the full title. Uh, There's an exclusive clip, a Chilean folk horror mockumentary. This is from 2014. And internationally via Amazon. Okay, I have to, I'm going to look for this and I have to watch this. Maybe for a sister movie night. It says, written and directed by Chilean filmmaker Javier Atridge. Again, yeah, it's the same one. Wekufe has already racked up eight Best Feature Awards and 20 nominations from the Independent Horror Movie Awards. The Macabre Fair Film Festival, Mexico's Ferratum Film Festival, and many more. POV Horror picked it up for international distribution. Wow, this looks... Okay, I'm throwing this link on there. This looks so cool. I I definitely have to watch this movie. Pretty much everything else is a... Is is it's a repeat of of what was already available on Wikipedia. And of course, you can always go through the sources on the Wikipedia. And there's three of them. There's references. One of these is called Shamans of the Foy Tree, Gender, Power, and Healing Among Chilean Mapuche. Uh, and so I'm, I'm assuming that they write in this book about the Wekufe. So, so definitely going to have to look into that book as well. But again, a lot of these other links that I'm seeing online are repeating the information that was thankfully so readily available on Wikiwand and Wikipedia. Welcome back. Thank you one more time for listening, for being here. Again, I am so surprised by that connection between the Josue Velasquez case on the Mano Peluda and the Wekufes. It's I'm I'm just the way that I'm gonna pick that apart in my free time now because I've made that connection. And I hope that you found it interesting as well. As always, if you have your own story that you would like me to share on a Letters from the Beyond episode or on social media, you can do so by sending it via email to sustopodcast at gmail.com. You can send it in a DM on socials that's sustopodcast on every platform. You can leave it in a review or a rating if you're able to do so wherever you are listening and that's also the easiest way to support the show just tap all the buttons wherever you're listening like rate review subscribe share follow 
whatever it is. That's the easiest way to support the show. And there's another way now. You can also visit sustopodcast.com and submit your story or what have you that way. Again, it doesn't have to be a written story. It can be a video, audio recording, photo, anything spooky. Send it my way. And as always, the biggest shout out to my Patreon supporters. You all's support and your patience. You have no idea, especially this time of year, it means so much to me because it's no surprise that the spooky season is a very busy time for creators like me. So again, make sure to keep an eye out on social media so you can see all the things that I have signed myself up for that I'm working on. I'm really trying to get, again, that IRL ghoul friend FaceTime experience. So follow along for all that. But I digress. Thank you so much to the patrons. You are Liza, Sadie, Rachel, Alejandra, Luther, April, Mario, Eva, Dee, Victoria, Josette, Sam, Angela and Co., Mandy, Julianne, Laurie, Jeannie, Monica, Desiree, Anasi, Ashes, Neresa, Rachel, Asukena, Javier, Rios, Anna, Christine, Marlene, Diana, Chata, Jessica, Lainey, and Desiree. Thank you all so much. I appreciate you and... Never sign a contract without reading the fine print. Bye.